I just slide. Oh, there, there. Oh, I was, I was thrown off by the front. Sorry, Dave. We have a hitch. We're not going to have that testimony this morning, so uh, we'll do that next week. But uh, this morning we're going to go back uh, and pick up where we were in Genesis chapter twelve. Uh, let me set my water down. Last week we saw um, a great example of not of what not to do. Um, if you're like me, you teach these lessons all the time uh, to your family by your children watching you. At least that's how I do it sometimes. Ways not to respond. Anybody, everybody, anybody ever done that? The ways, okay, we're good at that. Hopefully, uh, I also teach well things uh, that we should do and how to respond in right ways. This morning, uh, we're going to see immediately following the, just this really ugly event that happened at, with Abram, this man that God had called to this special plan for his purposes, for God's purposes, to repurpose Abram on the earth. I mean, that's, that's a story of faith. People that are broken by sin, being repurposed and refitted to do what they're created to do. Sin broke that, but Abram uh, is being refitted here, and it, and it takes time, and I'm so glad it takes time. It's taking time to get me where I am, and I know there's more time, more work to happen here. Uh, and, but we see uh, the, this tragic story in chapter 12, the, the latter part of it, um, about how he just does some awful things and, and revealing some awful things in his character. But he responds well. And immediately following the bad response, uh, uh, he turns around and, and begins to walk in faith. And there's a pattern we see in the Old Testament, and it's a pattern that we see in our lives. That's why God shows it. Uh, you know, we're, we're sometimes, we're, we're, cause you know, we, we kind of measure life with conflict. I mentioned that last week. We're always going to face conflict. It doesn't matter. It's either you're, you're about to enter a conflict, you're in the middle of a conflict, or you're just coming out of a conflict and you're getting ready to repeat again. And I, and I'm sorry, it's, you're not going to get out of it this side of heaven. It's, it's just, it's a part of living in a broken world. Um, but oftentimes that pattern also re- is repeated in how we respond Sometimes we do well, and we respond the right way in faith. Uh, but then, you know, you know, as soon as we get excited about, man, I'm getting her done. Man, I'm good. I'm walking with Jesus like I need to. We become prideful, and, and, we, and we stumble again. And, and, and just rest assured, the greatest men of God that I've known are in that pattern. We're not perfect. Nobody's on a pedestal. If you're on a pedestal, you put someone up there, it's not nice for them because they're going to get knocked off. Only Christ is the one that is our primary example. But we see a great picture here of, of how to respond in the right way. Uh, and so we're going to look at this text this morning, Genesis chapter 13, how to respond to trials correctly in faith. Uh, that, that is the plan and the primary focus. Oh, I didn't change the text, sorry. Guys, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, I had one of the most busiest but I will say productive weeks of my life uh, here this past week. It was a great week. Got a lot of great things done. But one thing I didn't get done is get the right text on the screen. So you'll have to give me grace for that. But we're in Genesis chapter 13. Follow along with me as we read God's word together. Abram went up from Egypt to the Negev. He, his wife, and all he had, and Lot with him. And Abram was very rich in livestock, silver and gold. He went by stages from the Negev to Bethel and to the place where between Bethel and Ai 
where his tent had formerly been to the site where he had built the altar. And Abram called on the name of the Lord there. Now Lot was traveling with Abram, also had flocks, herds, and and tents, but the land was unable to support them as long as they stayed together. For they had so many possessions that they could not stay together. And there, was a, and there was quarreling between the herdsmen and Abram's livestock and the herdsmen of Lot's livestock. At that time, the Canaanites and the Perizzites were living in the land. So Abram said to Lot, Please, let's not have quarreling between you and me or between your herdsmen and my herdsmen, since we are relatives. Isn't the whole land before you? Separate from me. If you go to the left, I will go to the right. If you go to the right, I will go to the left. Lot looked out and saw that the entire plain of the Jordan was far, as far as Zorah uh, was well watered and everywhere like the Lord's garden in the land of Egypt. This is, was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. So Lot chose the entire plain of the Jordan for himself. Then Lot journeyed eastward and they separated from each other. Abram lived in the land of Canaan, uh, but Lot lived in the cities on the plain and set up his tent near Sodom. Now the men of Sodom were evil, sinning immensely against the Lord. After Lot had separated from the Lord, said to Abram, Look from the place where you are. Look north and south, east and west. For I will give you and your offspring forever all the land that you see. I will make your offspring like the dust of the earth. So if that anyone could count the dust of the earth then your offspring could be counted. Get up and walk around the land through its length and its width, for I will give it to you. So Abram moved his tent and went to live near the oaks of Mamre at Hebron, where he built an altar to the Lord. Now, we have a picture here of a conflict. Now, last Sunday we talked about conflicts and responding in conflict. We saw the conflict that Abram faced when there was this drought in the land. Uh, God had told him to go to this land, leave everything behind. And whenever he found himself there, not very long, uh, there was a problem and, and there was troubles. And so what's the first thing he did? It wasn't rely on the Lord. Remember his promises. He took things up in his own hands and tried to handle it himself. Went to Egypt. And, and, and uh, when he got there, he, he thought that the, folk, that the Pharaoh, the Egyptians were going to kill him because his wife was beautiful and said, hey, just tell them we're sisters, a half-truth. Because uh, they were kind of like, I mentioned, relatives in Mason and Menard in that area. The family tree doesn't fork very well. So they were intermarried there. It's okay. I'm part of that, that, that nod in the ficus tree, okay? I've got connections here too. Uh, but he still, he lied. A pattern was revealed in him in this conflict. Um, and by God's grace, uh, Pharaoh said he was going to take Lot, uh, Sarai as his wife, but God gave a plague, and, and, and you know the story. We talked about it last week, um, and gave this great wealth to him. Had already given the great wealth, but, but got him out of there. So get yourself up out of here. Said exactly, almost exactly word for word in the Hebrew what God told him, and he told him to get out of his father's home. Go to the place I'm going to show you. And I'm glad for God's grace, because sometimes in this pattern we go through, Um, God still is going to move through our circumstances, whether we're obedient or disobedient, to move us where he wants us to be. Thank you, Father, that you do that. Uh, But I just want to tell you, it's a lot less painful to do it in faith and obedience. But so we see he goes back to the land. And that's where the story picks up. And then it has a picture 
of this of another conflict. There it is. It's there again. Another conflict is occurring here. And we're going to tear that apart a little bit and, and see the proper way to respond in conflict from, from the text. Um, but I, I just want to put the, the, the cookies on the bottom shelf as I was taught in seminary. Uh, we, we see here, um, you know, you know what, what is the primary thing we should do when we come into conflict with somebody? What, what is it that we want to do? I want you to know, one of the, I have a lot of highlights over the last four plus years of my life being here in Mason. I've had some amazing experiences and I've connected with people really quickly over time. It takes me time to build relationships and I've got some amazing friendships here. But I remember, I've said this before, but we got new folks here. I remember uh, like the first couple weeks I was here, I was sitting down in Jay's office for the first couple of years, man, me and Jay had a rap session a couple times a week in his office. It doesn't happen as often as it used to because I'm so busy, but had great conversations, great prayers. And I remember sitting there in Jay's office, and I don't even know how the conversation got there. And he said, hey, I just want you to know something, preacher. You don't ever have to worry about a fight in the, here, here, here together. He says, if there's a fight to be had, me and Jed, we're going to fight it for you. You don't have to worry about it. And I remember thinking... Well, put that in your back pocket, Jay. Let's don't pull that out till I tell you. But I liked it because that's that's how I, that's who I am. I, I I don't mind the conflict, okay. And and that's there's some good things in me, okay, about that. But there's also some really negative things in me back because I I don't back away from conflict when I should. Uh, I'm I'm a fighter. That's the way my dad raised me. Uh, but I, I want you to know when we face conflict, especially with other people. We need to take care and be prepared on how we're going to respond, okay? Uh, and you've got to give them the right fruit. That's what it says, give your enemy the right fruit. What do I mean by that? Well, uh, the New Testament gives us some very clear uh, indication on what our response should be. At all times, uh, in Galatians chapter 5, uh, we have a description here of the fruit of the flesh. It says, now the works of the flesh in Galatians 5.20. Now the works of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, moral impurity, promiscuity, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger. Oh, that can be me in a conflict. Selfish ambitions. Uh, also in conflict, that pulls out in me. Dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing. And anything similar, I am warning you about these things as I warn you before, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Sometimes, depending on where we are in our walk and where we're at in our faith and our journey with Him, um, when we get in conflict, we give people all that stuff. But listen, if we are walking and following Christ the way He's called us to, and he's given us his spirit, and we are drawing on his spirit. It says right after those verses in verse 22 to 23 in Galatians, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The law, is, the law is not against such things. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. We have to understand when we enter into conflict. What we're loaded with is what po- folks are going to get. And, and I, I, I want to tell you right now what I believe from Scripture. 
Uh, whenever I put my faith in Christ, man, I was given an amazing, immeasurable amount of gifts and treasure. I was given eternity with Christ in heaven. Um, I, I'm looking forward to that, but I was also giving something so powerful. I was giving his, give, given the Spirit of God, was given to me. His Spirit is indwelling in me. And, 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 but, but here's the catch. We have God's Spirit, but we have to walk in obedience as we respond with His Spirit and not quench it and not ignore Him. And you have the ability to do that. I know you do. Because we see a pattern, in not, not just in Abram's life, in Ryan's life. And, and so um, we, we have got to, to, to walk in that faith. And, and it says that a little bit further up in 16, uh, Paul says, I say then, walk by the Spirit, and you will certainly not carry out the desire of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is against the Spirit, and the Spirit desires what is against the flesh. The, uh, these are opposed to each other, so that you don't do what you want. We have got to walk. When we're talking about Abram, oftentimes the, the language is walking by faith, learning to walk by faith. Walking by faith is walking according to the Spirit. It's the same thing, interchangeable. You can't be walking by faith and not have any interaction with His Spirit. His Spirit is present for us to lead us. And that's great to know. Because I'm going to tell you, there's a lot in me that I, 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 I can't handle conflict the right way. Uh, in fact, some of you can give testimony. I, I've had conversations with my, um, I, I know my, my friend, uh, my, my fellow minister together, uh, Brother Eddie over here. I, I've, I've called him my, my Mason dad because he's the same age as my dad. And more than once I've talked to him and said, Eddie, this is what we've got to do. Come on. And Eddie's like, well, I'll do whatever you want, preacher. But I think it's better if we just kind of step back here. And the Spirit does that. If we have those types of relationships, we'll speak through other people to call us into walking with the Spirit. We see here a story today of Abraham, who's been Abram, his name hasn't changed yet, who is called, checked on how he is walking. This happened in Egypt. And we saw this amazing lesson. He almost lost his wife he almost for just just completely abandoned all the blessing that God promised to give him but but to, what he was going to do through him was going to be immense and I want every single one of you to receive all the promise and all the blessing God has for you not just for your sake I want it to be good for you but for the outcome and how it's going to affect other people and we have to understand that's also a part of this promise we are recipients of the promise uh, of Abram, we are here. We, all the nations of the earth have been blessed through Christ. That, that, that's, Jesus is a part of this promise with Abraham. And this promise continues if we will respond properly. So let, let, let's, let's break this story down. So we see now a different response in how, in how he walks here. There's something different on what he does here. Uh, we, we see in verse 3 and 4, it says that he went by stages after the episode in, in Egypt. He went by stages from the Negev to Bethel, to the place between Bethel and Ai where, where his tent had formerly been. He went back to where he had been before. Now just don't bump over that. That's important to the site where he built the altar. And, call, and Abram called on the name of the Lord there. He went back to the place where he had met God. And God had delivered this promise in great glory, and, and, and he had set up this altar. 
And then we read all the way down to the end of chapter 13, the very last thing it says in verse 18, So Abram moved his tent and went to live near the oaks of Mamre at Hebron, where he built an altar to the Lord. We see something significant here in this conflict. Before, he did go and he worshipped. But then there was, a, there was, a, there was a, the, the famine that came to the land. And instead of going back to that place of worship, going back to that place where God was, he immediately took things up into his own hands, and he, and he tried to handle it on his own. And he got his tail kicked very badly. And he went, his response is beautiful. Oh, if this was my response every time I struggled with sin. He turned around, listened to God through the judgment, through the discipline, and he went back to where he was before. You must hear something really cool. It says there at the very end in, in, in verse 18, he went back uh, to, to the Oaks of Mamre at Hebron. Do you know what the name of Hebron is, what it means in Hebrew? It means communion. He, it, it meant he went back to the place where he had met God and he had seen God before. He realized that the reason he had stumbled, the reason that he had had these, that just this horrible experience and his own sin had taken over is because he had left the Lord and he returned back to him. Now, I, I see something pretty significant here because then as we go and look in 13, the story talks about him going back uh, to that place where he had worshipped and he had built the altar and he had altered, he had heard the promises. And then there's a conflict, and as soon as the conflict is resolved, he goes back again and he continues to worship. Now, what, 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 what do you think that means? Do you, do you think that, that perhaps, um, you, know, uh, you know, he went to church on Sunday and had conflict, you know, on Wednesday... And so then he went back, you know, uh, on Sunday. And, and if you go to church every Sunday and make sure you're worshiping consistently in a pattern, you're going to be A-OK. Is that what that means? Yeah, I mean, I, I, maybe, kind of, sort of, I don't know. Do you realize now that the average, and I'm not talking about First Baptist Mason, though I do track stuff in our church. The average regular attendee of someone that you would say in the church is is like going to church often do you know what now nationally the for evangelical churches like ours average a regular attendance is is twice a month if you hit twice a month you're actually like peeking out with the rest of the of the world you know and i I don't know what you think about that i i you know i I, i'm not happy with that but i can't beat my head against the wall things i can't control on my own but i don't think he's just talking about regular Worship service, though that's an outcome here, I, I think, I think he, he realized something significant here. He realized, I believe, um, that you can't just be part-time in your faith. You, 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 in, in order, to, in order to, to be able to respond by faith in your circumstances, uh, you have to be living in that faith. It has to be a part of who you are. Not, not just checking off a box. A- Abram was worshiping prior to the conflict and right after the conflict. Um, and and, and it, it's this mindset. I, I think we see it. If we are to answer conflict by faith, we must live in worship. And guys, I want to tell you, uh, a good place to start in walking in faith, getting back on track, is coming to worship. That's wonderful. But I want you to know, uh, we're going to be held accountable to a lot of things. 
But the, the first conversation you're going to have with God is not how many times you came to church. First conversation you're going to have with God is what did you do with your life? What did you do with, 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 this, with this heart and this breath you put in your lungs? What did you do in between the big moments you were aiming at? That's where God is. And, 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 I, and, and over time, I think Abram begins to see that. And, and I, just, I just want to say one thing out here this morning. Um, and sometimes I say things the Lord puts in my heart. And, and, and I almost don't want to say it because I know what it might mean for somebody here. But I want you to know, God is not going to give you the blessing. God is not going to give you clear direction. God's not going to give you the help that you cry out for occasionally if you're just part-time in your faith. He's got something significant for you. And it's going to be great for you. But I want you to know, here's the thing that's motivated me. It's because it's not just what it's going to bring for me. It's because of the outcome and how it's going to affect other people. If I believe all that his promises tell me. Because he's got a plan for my life that's going to bring not just blessing to me, but he's going to bring other people into the kingdom. And so we've got to know that we cannot just be part-time in our faith. And, I've got, and I just want you to know, if you feel like you struggle with that, if I don't say anything else this morning that's helpful, if you feel like you're struggling with that, okay, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not talking about attendance in church. I'm talking about where you're at five minutes after you leave church. You know what I'm talking about. And if you want help learning to walk and follow Christ that way, and you say, I can't do it on my own, that's why we're here. It's not for this time up here primarily. It's to make disciples and, and, to, and to go together. And so if you need help, let, let, let's do it together. So we see this, we see this picture here. He, 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 he worshipped and he, he was beginning to live out this faith. And it was something, it's something in his consistent walk in how he worshipped and how he lived. It's, it's a cool thing here. Now the next point I want to bring that I see in the text... Abram begins to move to a position of faith when he returned to communion with God. Like, like, like I mentioned earlier, uh, that, word, that, 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 that place where he went back, Hebron, literally means communion. It literally means to, to, the, to the place where, uh, where, where God is. Um, and, and, you know, just, just re- remember this whenever the next time you face a serious conflict or you're, you're, you might be in the middle of one or you just left one. If, if you're just scratching your head and you're grasping at straws on what's happened and, and, it, and, it, and it's, it's been painful, it's hurt, it's difficult, it's, 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 you know the outcome is not what, what you wanted it to be. Perhaps, just perhaps... You are not in communion with God. Maybe you need to return to where you met God. You know, does, does that make sense? Is that, is that too subjective and too out there somewhere? I'm not talking about a particular place, though maybe it is a place. You know, I, I don't know where you need to go to be in communion with Him. But, but return to Him. But here's the, here's the other thing, too. As I was praying through and preparing for this, you know, on your journey, on your walk of faith... You know, there's been times when I've had to go back. I've had to go back because I've gotten far off. I mean, we, we know what, that's what confession is all about when we're struggling in sin. But I just want to throw this out there. Some of us might need to go and be with God for the very first time. 
I mean, we, we, it's not about going through the motions, singing songs, service, Christian activity. It's not about all those things. It's where you meet Him for the first time. Do you know God? Have you heard Him speak to your heart before? Have you been broken by His, His glory and how amazing and magnificent He is and His love and His strength and His majesty and His creative powers, but also uh, in, in His ability to bring you to your knees in the circumstances you face? Have you listened to Him? And have you heard Him say, I want to commune with you. I want a relationship with you. And Abram had had that. He had had that. Before, before he left Egypt, I mean, he clearly heard from God. And he's learning to respond in faith, but, it, but it's about relationship too. This, how to respond the right way it is about relationship. So maybe you need to commune for the first time. The last major point I want to make in, in this story, and there's so much to be said, but the last major thing here is this. Um, <clears throat> when we do meet with God, and we live there in worship, and we are consistently involved in it. I know the, the story is about conflict with other people, and we, we'll unpack that real quickly in just a moment. Um, but it, it, it's, I mean, it's the preparation on how Abram responded here. Uh, whenever we are in right relationship with God, we are walking by His Spirit, learning to walk by faith, uh, God does something. He reshapes our priorities. He reshapes our priorities. And, 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 that, and that really does affect on how we respond to people in conflict. If our priorities are matched up with what God wants. And here's the thing. Your faith uh, and, and you know, Christianity uh, is not about you getting stuff and you getting on the right path that's going to come back and bring you blessing. The whole thing, the whole purpose of of what God has done is to get you into his priority does that make sense I hope that makes sense because because sometimes we we think you know I'm, I'm just life is just it just isn't going right for me I, I just never can seem to get ahead I never can seem to get to that place that spiritual place I want to be well maybe just perhaps it, it's because of what you're aiming at you might be aiming at getting there for me but I want you to know, uh, you know, it's about getting to where God wants you to be. You know, those priorities. And here, here's what I'm talking about here, okay? Because whenever Abram goes in, because here, here's the story. They were in Egypt. There was a famine. Uh, you know, the, the, the sinful situation happened. Pharaoh gave, gave Sarai back, and they already had all this all this wealth that God had given them, I told you it was going to become a problem later. I mean, it wasn't just, you know, a, a fat checkbook, but it was also all these animals and livestock. And they said, get out of here. So he went back. He went back to, to, to Canaan. There's still a famine there, okay? Uh, the text doesn't indicate a long period of time elapsed. It doesn't say the famine's over. I mean, I think we have to take it as word. There's still some issues there. And he goes back to this place. But now he's got all this stuff, more stuff. And Lot's got a bunch of stuff. And they go back into this place, uh, and then there's this, this conflict that arises. And I think it is significant that it mentions in the text particularly uh, that whenever the, there, there's, there, there's a competition for resources, uh, Abram's herdsmen and Lot's herdsmen. And then also Abram kind of mentions the fact that let's not, 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 don't let there be quarrels between us and the herdsmen. 
Abram and Lot are starting to lock horns too. And it mentions the fact that the Canaanites, and uh, the other name that I have a hard time pronouncing correctly, don't worry, the preacher has a hard time sometimes with these names as well. Um, the Perezocytes, they're also in the land. So there's this huge competition for resources. Um, but, but listen here, um, why does Abram come to the conclusion that we need to split ways here? Um, and um, some commentators have said that it's because of this issue of resources. There's these four different parties, Abram and Lot and these other folks, these other peoples. But see, I think there's something more to it. Because then at the very end of this story, whenever Abram responds the right way on how he goes about this situation, God reaffirms the promises he had told him earlier in chapter 12. He tells him the covenant again. And here's the deal, guys. What is this covenant about? It's not God that said, Abram, come out of the land. I'm going to take you to a place and make you rich and famous, and you will never have to worry about problems ever again. God never, ever calls us to a place of comfort and pleasure on this earth that we never have to worry again. In fact, he promises strife. He says, take up your, Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me. That meant death, perhaps. All the apostles, all these disciples, save one, died horrendous deaths with joy and, and God's word on his lips, living for the king. God doesn't call us to a place of, of, of just pleasure and greatness. And sometimes we read these stories in the Old Testament, we kind of get the wrong picture, but understand what it says here. He says that I'm going to make you a great nation. I'm going to multiply you to the place where you can't even count all the people in your family and who you are. And those that bless you, I'm going to bless them. Those that curse you, I'm going to curse you. But it doesn't stop there. The final part of, of, of the promise is that all the nations of the earth are going to be blessed through you. And I am convinced whenever Abram got back to the place of walking by faith, back to the place of living in worship, not just taking things into his own hands for whatever he could do to, to, to secure his circumstance on this earth, was because he knew that these pagans in the land were going to witness his witness for God. And he had to respond the right way. There's a great um, Hindu revolutionary philosopher. Some of you know this guy. His name was Gandhi. Some of the young people might not know who Gandhi is. Am I tracking away from y'all? Do y'all know who Gandhi is? Just raise your hand and let me know. if I, Okay, great. A lot of hands going up. You know, uh, you know what Gandhi said about Christians? Basically, what he said about Christians, he says, uh, man, you Christians in the churches... Uh, they look nothing like this Jesus that I've studied about because you're always fighting and grumbling and having conflict. I don't recognize Jesus that I've learned about from reading the Bible from what I see in these churches. And guys, I just want to ask you the question before we close. Whenever the world and those that are not walking with Christ, when they see you and how you respond and how you face conflict, and how you face everyday life. I'm not perfect at it either. Do they see Christ? Do they, do they witness the work of the Spirit of God? Or do they see something different? Maybe we need to return to Him. Maybe we need to get back in communion. 
I don't know where you're at this morning. Maybe for the first time, you need to meet him. Would you pray with me? Father, Lord, I, I, just, I just want to say thank you um, again for your grace. Father, thank you that you called Abram out uh, of Ur. Literally said, get yourself up out of here and, and take your stuff and go. And even whenever he got off the track, went to Egypt, Pharaoh said the same thing. Take your stuff and get up out of here and go. Father, sometimes you speak to us, Father, through your word, through a place of worship or meeting you for the first time. But sometimes, God, you speak to us, Father, whenever we fail. But, Lord, I pray, Lord, that Lord, the outcome for me, Father, is I am in communion with you. I am meeting with you. Father God, I'm living for you. Lord, and, and, and Lord God, the, the outcome of my life, Lord, is peace and unity with my brothers and sisters and my family. But Father God, also that it nets something that I can't do on my own, Father, that you will bring other people, Lord, into relationship with you, Father, into communion with you. Lord, you'll move all of us into Hebron, God, where we can be right there with you. Father, there's folks here this morning, Lord, that, Lord, they're far away. And they've heard the words that I've said, and it's resonated that we can't escape conflict and difficulty. But, God, we can be right there with you this morning. Father, would you call us into communion today? Lord, maybe it's just simply a surrender where they stand as we begin to pray. Lord, say, Spirit, bring me back to where I was when I met you. Take me further in my faith. But, Lord, if there's someone here today that's saying, you know, I'm not sure I've ever met you. God, I want to meet you. Speak to me this morning. Father, I don't know where we are this morning. But, God, I pray that you would speak to us today. Lord, draw us into relationship. We're going to stand and sing a song, but I want to just tell you clearly, if you're struggling in your relationship with God and you want prayer, or you need to just set yourself aside, come down here and kneel at the altar for prayer. If you're saying, you know what, I need to talk about knowing God for the first time for the right time, come and talk to me. Let's pray together. Let's talk about that. If God is calling you to say, you know what, I, I want to be a place of service and really be a part of the faith family. That's, that's what it means when we talk about joining a church. I don't know where you're at. But if God is speaking to you, please don't shut him out. Respond this morning. Everyone stand on your feet. We'll play song, a few, a, a few verses, but give, to give you a chance to respond to this call.
God, Lord, I pray, Father, that, Lord, our hearts desire, Father, Lord, your spirit in us, Father, Lord, that we are yielded to it. And, Father, Lord, that we will be living in worship, God, as we leave this place, Father. And, Lord, God, I just ask, Lord, as we, if we do struggle in conflict, Father, Lord, that we would cry out for help, for prayer, uh, for assistance. Father, Lord, bless everyone in here, God, with the brothers and sisters you blessed me with, Father, to walk through life. And thank you for your grace. We give this day to you, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Hey, before we close, I want to give a quick thank you and shout out to John Taylor and his wife, Jenny, for offering up the marriage retreat. Will you tell them thank you just for the applause? Uh, it, it, was a, it was a great time, and, and we look forward to more ministry with the Taylor family. But uh, They'll play a song, and we will be 